you've got the guys that are sort of hitting laybys with a few cans in the boot and such, and you've got the organised criminals which are going around in sort of articulated trailers, um, and basically they're disabling street lights on industrial estates, and from that then they're able to sort of drill into where the bulk fuel and uh, drain off the bulk fuel. There are newspaper reports that thieves made off with around £250,000 worth of um, fuel from the naval dockyard at Devonport in Plymouth. And if thieves are willing to take on the Royal Navy and the Ministry of Defence, they will think nothing of coming for your site and for your equipment either. Um, to talk about this, I'm delighted to welcome Chris Day, Managing Director of Fuel Theft Solutions. Uh, let's get him on the screen. Good morning, Chris. Hi, good morning, Mark. How are you, sir? Not too bad at all. Thank you ever, ever so much for joining us today. Um, fuel theft obviously is not a new phenomenon, but it does feel like there's been a massive spike in incidents of fuel theft since the switch from red to white diesel. Are you seeing that? To be honest, it's I predominantly work in the freight industry, and in freight industry alone, it's um, the highest category of freight crime within freight. So not just it's not just the fuel theft, it's 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 concerning. It's, it's majorly concerning. This isn't like at ground level. This is organised crime groups that are going around. It's you know, it's it's a major scale. It's a major concern. And you know, given the recent increases in, given the recent increases in fuel theft, um, to be honest, it's only going to get worse. And the spikes in prices, to be honest. No, absolutely, totally agree. Um, as we've already seen, obviously from that um, that report from uh, Devonport, the thieves themselves are extremely audacious. Are you seeing uh, most fuel thefts from individual machines or, or vehicles, or is it depots and fuel tanks that are being targeted? To be honest, it's, it's across the board. I mean, you've got you've got the guys that are sort of hitting laybys with a few cans in the boot and such, and you've got the organised criminals which are going around in sort of articulated trailers, um, and basically they're disabling street lights on industrial estates, and from that then they're able to sort of drill into where the bulk fuel and drain off the bulk fuel. Normally it goes into IBCs, which are the thousand litre plastic containers in the metal pallets. And what they're doing is they're tending to use TVA pumps, which can transfer up to about 120 litres a minute. So to be honest, it doesn't take long. In your opinion, are equipment and vehicle manufacturers doing enough to secure the fuel tanks on machines and vehicles? It's hard because, to be honest, at the end of the day, you're not just you're not just up against people say driving around in vans of the night time. You're up against organised crimes. These guys are carrying power tools that are cordless power tools, whether they're plasma cutters and so forth. They're able to break into containers, you know. So at the end of the day, what can you expect from a manufacturer? I mean, yes, you, you can create so much security, but at the end of the day, you know, for example, anti-siphon devices on fuel tanks and on the plant, you know, would you mitigate a little bit of fuel going rather than coming in on a Monday morning and say there's a load of metal fragments in the bottom of your fuel tank, which means basically it's a full drain down and the machine's doing nothing that day. Yeah, it's a fair comment. Um, where, in your opinion, where is the stolen fuel actually going? I mean, in my head, it's 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 a guy down the pub with a, with a can of diesel out the back and, and offering to, to fill your car up. I, if you're talking organised crime, it's going a lot further than that, I guess. To be honest, yeah, I mean, we're seeing sort of, you know, stock tanks in the ten, in the state of sort of tens of thousands of litres. So th this isn't this isn't petty crime. This isn't a little bit of diesel getting sold on. This is this is major theft. And at the end of the day, there's no real sort of data 
and no real sort of positive ground that's been made on, you know, apprehending these people. Yes, they're catching the fuel thieves that are going out and the odd fuel thieves that are targeting and such. Um, but you've got to remember, the majority of the time, these guys are running on the clone plates. So what they're doing is they're seeing a vehicle, they're stealing the number plates from that vehicle, they're going on to, say, service areas and things like that with the false number plates attached to the front. The AMPR system picks up that set of number plates. They go on the services, do whatever they do, hit as many vehicles as they want, drive off the services, go through the exit AMPR. All they need to do is pull over on the hard shoulder just beyond, pull the number plates off, and even if that vehicle's been spotted and it's been reported to the police, they're looking for a different vehicle. I mean, it's, the police are up against it anyway, but to, to say now that they're looking for a different vehicle than the one that's been reported, they haven't really got a chance. One of the things I find most disappointing about this is the fact that it, this was all predicted. You know, when we saw that, the, the, obviously, the, the initial spike in, in the cost of diesel, and then we we were talking about the switch from red to white diesel, there were lots and lots of people predicting the fact that this was going to lead to a spike in, in fuel theft. And yet here we are, it's happening. And as you say, you know, nothing seems to have been done on, on a wider scale. Yeah, fully agree. I mean, what, what's happened is, is through diesel dye as well, um, what we found is that um, basically people have left it to the last minute. And it, it's quite concerning because they've left it to the last minute. And what they're doing now is they're clicking the finger and saying, I need diesel dye. And I'm thinking, well, realistically, this you should have planned and prepared for this probably in March, February. I mean, some have, but... In real terms, the majority haven't, and they've just left it to the last minute and to the point now where they're using white diesel in the machines. And fingers crossed, they're very lucky at the moment. But, you know, we do predict that crime will head towards construction because at the end of the day, you've got to remember, if these guys in the freight industry are asleep in a truck and they're sleeping six foot away from the fuel tank, I'm quite sure that they're willing to have a, have a stab at a diesel tank that's being left on a building site from, say, Saturday lunchtime until Monday morning. Yeah, I, I mean, unfortunately, that's that's always been the uh, the explanation with um, plant theft. You know, the fact that, you know, a lot of, particularly demolition, a lot of it takes place away from prying eyes. You know, it's behind hoardings or it's down a dark alley or something. And you, you could pretty much do whatever it is that you, you want to do. We, we've had a couple of comments in from uh, from the audience here. But I've just got one other thing that, that occurred to me is, obviously, there is the concern about the loss of income as a result of fuel theft. But there's also the problem of environmental damage as well, because, you know, if you're a thief and you're in a hurry, you're not worrying about spilling diesel onto the ground and, and, and potentially contaminating that ground as well. Very much so. I remember uh, talking to a chap about two years ago, and he was he was in a, he used to do uh, the harvesting of crops with the combine harvesters. And I always remember him saying to me, he's practically in tears because basically what he did is he rang the police. Um, the first thing the police did is did the environment agency, and I think it was about thirty something thousand liters got spilt. So obviously then it's the environmental cleanup and the, and the effects of that as well, to be honest. I mean, the guy, the guy was in actual tears, to be honest, and it, his attitude was it's finished him. But, I mean, to be honest, he was running a lot of diesel then. Diff different uh, dynamic now, because obviously with the cost of red, I mean, that's sort of gone up to incredible levels as well, as well as add blue and things like that, you know. So there's been a, there's been a massive squeeze really on, on the whole industry as such and, you know, on the, on the plant industry as well through the increase in charging red prior to going on to white. No, totally. Um, as I say, we've had a couple of comments in from, from the audience. Um, one person's su suggestion on how to combat this is from Nigel Williams, who recommends turret-mounted machine guns. Possibly think that's going a little bit too far. Um, a question from Gary Muirhead. Does the punishment fit the crime? I mean, I, I guess it's... It, 
as I said, you know, fuel theft is not a new phenomenon, but I, I guess, you know, post red to white diesel switch, I don't suppose anybody's actually been brought to justice as yet. So I, I guess it's hard to tell at the moment, isn't it? They have uh, NAVSIS, which is a National Vehicle Crime Intelligence people. They did actually bring uh, a guy to justice and he was convicted. It was a guy, it was a guy from the Nutsford area in Cheshire. Um, but, you know, sadly, I mean, there was a lot of work that was done on that uh, piece uh, through NAVSIS. And basically, at the end, they ended up convicting him from um, a triangulation of his mobile phone, which we were able to pinpoint him on certain locations at certain times, which, you know, enabled beyond reasonable doubt that he was at that location. So there has been convictions. But to sort of respond to you in a better way, does the punishment fit the crime? No, not really at all. It's barely a deterrent. It's like, for example, when people used to run on red diesel. Um, I think the fine used to be £250, £300 if you got caught. Well, to be honest, given the cost of white diesel, it's, you know, the tips of the balances. Would people still be tempted to run on red if they could access it? I think possibly. No, absolutely. Um, it's time to talk about your uh, your solution to this. And, and just to key you in, we've already had a comment. Uh, Mick Norton has said, I see covert diet is a possible fuel theft solution. How does this work? Um, I, 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 I'll tell you what, um, um, uh, Mick, I will ask the expert, how does this work? Nick, um, basically, it, covert diet is preliminarily used for internal theft. So if you've, say, for example, had internal concerns where you thought employees were possibly taking your fuel, what you would do then is go in and mark your stock tank. And then what you do is you look at um, making changes to your search policy to allow for an extraction of fuel for an evaluation. Um, what happens then is, is basically the COVID diagers in your stock tank. It's colourless. What happens then is you extract a sample of fuel from um, selection of people, for example. You add a reagent to that fuel, and if the reagent, if the fuel then turns bright green, that is pre-marked fuel. So basically, that that fuel has then come out of that tank. So in a word, it's traceable, and it's more used for internal theft rather than external theft. From a theft deterrent perspective, it's only internal, not external, because at the end of the day, if a police officer or someone came across normal, uh, normal appearing white diesel. Why would the you would have to reage in order to you know get the sexual test? Who would have reagents? And I guess there is that question about if if you are if you are the police and you recover a a batch of fuel that's died, yes, it does allow you to trace back, I guess, to where it actually originated from. But that it's not like they're going to siphon it out and re-deliver it to the people that have lost it in the first place, is it? Well, what happens is we are trusted partners in NAVSIS, like I say, National Vehicle Crime Intelligence Service. What happens is, is basically if they come across blue diesel, we tend to get a call. So if, say, for example, a haulier, at the moment it's hauliers, but soon to be construction industries, do encounter fuel theft, what we say is report it to the police and also report it to us. Reason being, for example, where I live, say in Staffordshire, Say if there's a reported theft, but it isn't Staffordshire police that come across, say, 2,000 litres in the back of a transit van. Say it's Cheshire. We'll get notified that they've seen some diesel in Cheshire. Staffordshire police may not necessarily liaise with Cheshire police, that intelligence, for whatever reason. We've got that intelligence, and then we can put add one and one together and get the two. So your, your dye is a blue one, is it? Yeah. The blue dye is the only approved colour by HMRC. So there, there is a. I was at the Future Works exhibition last week with um, the, the fine folks at Data Tag, and they've got their venom uh, fuel with, or, or venom additive, which is green. So we've got green and blue out there, I guess. Now, 
yeah. The, pro the problem with green is, is green is Irish blue. So I, I would believe customs would have a potential question to ask on that because we've had strict uh, guidance from customs that you're not allowed to use a red, orange or a green dye. Right. Okay. Um, <clears throat> had another question here from Gary Muirhead. Would smart water not work the same? I don't even know what smart water is, which shows my ignorance. Um, do you know what smart water is? Right. Um, thanks, Gary. Uh, smart water. Yes. Um, smart water. Similarly, but it doesn't mitigate in fuel. And um, what we do is we do a product called detector dye, which is a molecular marker, which is done through a QPCR test. Um, so like, like smart water where you could use a UV light across it, that does your initial identification of the fuel. And then what it would do is it would go off for a lab analysis. Um, that's assuming that everybody who sees that fuel then would have a UV light on them which, to start that ball off, let's say. But yeah, smart water, there is smart molecular markers, for example. Say, for example, red diesel in this country used to be marked with the red, solvent red 164 and what's called the euro marker. Um, the UK dropped the euro market and they now go for what's called an AccuTrace S10 market instead. So it's a solvent red dye as well as this AccuTrace market. Instead of it being a physical market, it's what's called a molecular market, which means it can be tested to parts per billion. It, it agitates and mixes and behaves just like the fuel. So it's a lot harder for people to launder the fuel. Now, as I say, speaking to the, the uh, folks at, at Data Tag and, and their, about their Venom fuel last week, one of the things that they're keen to uh, to push is the fact that their system is there as a deterrent. So the machine is stickered up with, or the machine or vehicle is stickered up to say this this machine has got, you know, traceable fuel in it. Does, does the same apply with your company? Um, it is. We do we do recommend decals, obviously, on the plant and on the bowsers. But the thing is, is we work on the basis of saying red is uh, blue is the new red. So at the end of the day, you need a visual deterrent. It's, it's fine having a covert solution, but at the end of the day, that, that fuel can pass through many hands. And unless, you know, if, it, if it's blue fuel, it stands out. You can't, at the end of the day, you can't go out and buy blue diesel. So what the police tend to do is the police tend to hold it based on the theft, of theft by finding. So you need to prove where the origination of that fuel is. And as you can't go out and physically buy blue diesel, it's an interesting answer to the question, really. I won't ask you for specific costs because I realise that that will vary from application and customer to customer. But what sort of premium are users expected to pay to safeguard themselves against fuel theft? To be honest, it's working out probably up to a fifth of a pence per, per litre. Which, given the uh, the rise and rise of fuel costs, uh, that's almost absorbed in the, in the cost of the diesel these days, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, what, what we've done is we, we're working uh, in alliance with a, an organisation called New Era Fuels, which have got naf national coverage. So what the guys at New, or New Era Fuels are with John David and James, James is basically they are sending the fuel out pre-dyed. So basically there's no en end user handling whatsoever. So, you know, we've struck this agreement with New Era because at the end of the day, you know, the guys, the guys at site level, they're not chemists. We appreciate that. They're not used to handling chemicals. So what we're looking at now is getting the dyed diesel in location. And basically what it does is it totally controls the supply chain in the sense of it tightens up any potential vulnerabilities from, you know, from fuel receipt. Now, New Era Fuels, that name rings the bell. I'm fairly sure they are a provider of HVO as well, aren't they? Yeah, that's very true. They're going down the HVO path. They're based in Harlow, uh, quite a large organisation, very forward thinking. And to be honest, um, we're quite excited and happy to be working with the guys down at New Era because at the end of the day, it's, it's customer focused. At the end of the day, 
the, the, the risks of having white diesel on site now and having white diesel delivered, you need to make sure that you've got full control measures in place at the end of the day because, you know, there is internal risks. You know, there's internal risks in any business and this totally takes away that risk. So oh, just given the, the HVO um, used by new, new Era, can you protect HVO fuel in the same way? What I will say is regarding HVO, it's currently in test at the moment and we should hopefully, fingers have, have some exciting news in the near future. So uh, given all that you've just uh, explained to us, Chris, where can viewers find out more about uh, fuel theft solutions? Okay, there's two, 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 two chances with this, basically. You can go to www.dieseldye.com or www.fueltheftsolutions.com. 